Man, I'm so excited to be here with you guys uh, this morning. I love your pastors so much, uh, Zach and Shannon, just some really great, awesome people. Uh, and so what I want to do in the event that uh, they listen to this later, I want them to hear you guys and me appreciate them uh, so much. So can we just make a loud noise appreciating them? I'll hold the microphone out. Ready? Here we go. That was only four people, Zach, if you listen to this later. Apparently, somebody used my Bible and left a bunch of papers in it. I have no idea where these are from. This is great. Uh, but I'm super excited uh, to be here with you guys, like I said. And I feel like I'm a part uh, of this church family. I have been here on a Sunday before. Some of you might remember that. Uh, but what you probably don't remember, matter of fact, I was talking to somebody this morning. He's like, yeah, you were here a year ago. No, that was five years ago. <laughs> I'm old. Okay, so uh, on July 5th, 2015 was the last time I was here. So I, I know some of you guys already, uh, but there are also some of you here this morning that I don't know, and you're probably questioning uh, why Pastor Zach would let uh, me be here looking the way I do, uh, because I, my, wife, my wife tells me every day that I wake up, she goes, you look like a Yeti. Can you do something about that? No, I can't. I choose not to. I love my beard. But uh, I'm super excited. Uh, like Adam said, I'm the youth pastor down at Northridge in Marshfield. Uh, I've been there for almost five years, and that's crazy to me uh, because I grew up in Iowa. I grew up uh, in a trailer park right in the middle of Iowa, and I never expected to live anywhere other than Iowa because it's God's country. Uh, just in case you don't know, is it heaven? No, it's Iowa. You know, that's from a movie. That's truth. Okay. Uh, but I love being here. I've fallen in love with central Wisconsin uh, for two reasons, and it's sausage and cheese. I love everything about that. Uh, and so I'm super excited to be in Marshfield. I know I've said that a thousand times, but me and my wife, we love it here. And I'm married to uh, Carissa, and she also works down at Northridge Church in Marshfield. Uh, she's the creative director and, and does a whole bunch of other stuff. And so here's a picture. Yeah, that's her. That's me and her. <laughs> There it is. Cool. But we love Central Wisconsin. We love your pastors, and we love uh, what you guys are doing here in Stratford. So I have a question for all of us this morning, and that is this. Do you have a spot in life? Do you have a spot? What? That doesn't, that's a weird question, Pastor Argus. I'm not sure what you mean exactly. Uh, can you explain? Sure, thank you for asking. Uh, I mean, do you have like a spot that you go to uh, where you don't have to explain what it is or where it is to the people closest to you in life? It's just the spot, and they know exactly what you're talking about. For example, when I was a kid, like I said, I grew up in a trailer park in the middle of Iowa, and in the middle of the trailer park, there was a park that was just for us trailer kids, uh, and that's where me and all my friends, we called ourselves the Trailer Park Mafia, uh, that's where we hung out and every single day, and there, at this park, there was only one picnic table, and, and so beginning at a very young age, me and all the trailer kids, we took over the picnic table, and it became our spot. And so every day after school or during the summer or whatever, we would message each other on this thing called MySpace, and uh, we'd be like, hey, let's meet at the park. And all of us knew what that meant. Everybody knew that that didn't mean, hey, let's just go to the park. It meant, hey, we're going to meet at the picnic table at this time, because that was our spot. And so one day, there were some kids who were new to the trailer park, uh, and they were sitting at the picnic table when we got there. 
and when we converged on the park, and it was like uh, kind of children of the Cornish, we all just kind of came out of everywhere and just converged, uh, we surrounded the table with these poor kids sitting there, and I let them know that this was our spot. This was not their spot, and they needed to move. Those kids never came back to the park. I feel bad about that now. But I believe that life is full of spots. I believe that good things and bad things can cause all of us to have spots. See, I could take you to the very spot at North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota, when I learned from the Lord that Carissa Schmidt, she was going to be my wife. And it's in the back row, corner two chairs of the balcony uh, in the chapel. So shout out to my back row people. The Lord moves. Let me tell you that. Uh, but Chris and I, we would sit there almost every day during chapel, and then again for about two hours every Wednesday night during a worship service that we had called Praise Gathering. And it was one Wednesday night in that spot that God told me I was going to marry that girl, and I did. And that became a spot in our lives. I could take you to the spot where my best friend's brother rode his bike off of the top of his trailer and ran headfirst into a tree. It was a glorious day, a day that created a spot in my life. And right now you're wondering probably, did he survive? <laughs> yes, he did. We put a helmet on him. It cracked in two, but it was great. I could take you to the spot on I-35 South, just south of the cities, where I had to pull over uh, because my mom and my dad, they were on the phone. And, and at that moment, they had told me that my grandma had passed away. And my emotions were out of control, and they took over, and, and I couldn't drive. And so I pulled over, and I sat there for a few minutes, and that became a spot. And now every time I drive past that spot, I remember that's where I learned my grandma passed away. I could take you to the spot at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota, where during summer camp, God told me I was going to spend the rest of my life loving students and telling them about Jesus. Friends, I believe that life is full of spots for all of us. Some of them are good and some of them are bad, but spots that left their mark on our lives forever. And if your life doesn't have some spots, then I would challenge the fact that you're even alive. But the most important spot that all of us need to have in this life is the spot where we encounter Jesus. Here's the thing about this spot. It should be life-altering, and it should be visited frequently. I would also go so far to say that the spot where we encounter Jesus, it should always be moving. Because wherever we go, we can and we should be meeting with Jesus. I remember the spot where I decided that I was going to follow Jesus forever. It's in the balcony of Valley Junction Church of God down in Valley Junction, Iowa, where my grandfather was the pastor. And I was sitting on the most uncomfortable, hard, cold pew next to my dad. Some of you know exactly what that's like. I got a dent in my spine from that sucker because I sat there for a long time. And I was sitting right next to my dad, who was the sound man. So you could say I was sitting in the sound booth. And, and I don't remember exactly what the sermon was. But I do remember that the Holy Spirit was moving in my heart that day. So much so that when my grandfather said, if you want to follow Jesus forever, I couldn't control myself. I ran as fast as I could down the stairs to the front of the church, and I stood there, and I was the only one. So I imagine that he probably meant for people to close your eyes and raise your hands that day, but I had a totally other plan. Well, I guess the Lord had a totally different plan, right? Uh, but he hugged me. 
and he cried and he prayed over me. And then my, my parents came down to the front where I was and they hugged me and they cried and they prayed over me. And then my aunts and my uncles and my grandma who were also there, they came down to the front and they hugged me and they cried and they prayed over me. And it became a spot in my life where the encounter that I had with Jesus was 100% mine and it changed everything for me. And ever since that moment, the spot where I spent time with Jesus has been the most important, most fulfilling, most challenging, most healing spot that I go to. So my question for you this morning is, do you have a spot? Do you have a spot? One of my most favorite Bible stories of all time is also the one that I learned uh, in, in, in song form in this thing that used to exist called Sunday School. I don't know if you guys know about it. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's school on a Sunday, so little kids love it. I actually did love it uh, because unlike regular school, which I wasn't good at, I was really good at Sunday school because I learned at a very young age the answer is always Jesus, okay? <laughs> and so when they ask a question and you say Jesus, they give you candy. It's a great, should bring it back. Uh, <laughs> come on. But this particular story, this is about a man and, and the spot where he encountered Jesus. And in a moment, everything about him was changed. And the story goes like this in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus reached the spot, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, the crowd, they were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. When Jesus reached the spot. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, when Jesus reached the spot? Yeah, good. So let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's see where my Sunday school people are at, okay? Uh, if you're like me. If you know, I, I, here's what I'm going to do. is I'm going to sing a portion of this song. And when I stop, if you know it, I want you to continue singing, okay? You ready? Here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I like it. Uh, he climbed up in a sycamore tree. For oh, Okay, there's a couple different versions there. To see what he could see or for the Lord he wanted to see. But that's good. Those are my uh, Sunday school people. Uh, when Jesus reached the spot, this, I love this story because when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he called him by name. And he said, come down from the tree. And then he went to his house to have dinner and stay the night. And this is significant because Jesus, in the position that he was in, should have had absolutely no contact with Zacchaeus. 
Why? Because Zacchaeus was a, he, he was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And history tells us that tax collectors betrayed their people. They betrayed their families uh, for status and for wealth. In the eyes of the Jewish nation, tax collectors were rotten criminals. See, they enforced the collection of taxes from the opposing, occupying Roman government. They disregarded their own government, their own religion, their own laws and customs, even their own families for wealth and status within the enemy. They were traitors at the highest level. And all of them, all of them were greedy, nasty people who took more than what was necessary, and the Romans were okay with it. And if you couldn't pay what the tax collector demanded, you were thrown in jail until your family could come up with the difference. So the fact that Jesus stopped at a particular spot to have a, a conversation with Zacchaeus is significant because everyone around him knew for a fact that the Messiah, the person who was sent from God to save the world, the person they were starting to believe Jesus was, would have absolutely no dealings with tax collectors. And remember, this is Luke chapter 19. This is well into Jesus' life and ministry. So these people in the crowd, they had heard the stories about Jesus. They had heard about all the ways that he was healing people with his miracles. His reputation absolutely preceded him. So the expectation upon him when he came to Jericho that day was the expectation that he came to interact with the good people and heal their diseases and their afflictions and make good people better. Recognize that they had heard the stories about the guys who ripped open the roof and, and, and lowered a guy down on the mat and Jesus told him to get up and walk home and he got up and rolled up his mat and walked home. They had heard the stories about people who had touched the bottom of his jacket and instantly were healed. They heard the stories of a, uh, of a centurion that met Jesus and, and from uh, miles away he healed this guy's daughter. They had heard the stories about what Jesus was doing. And so the expectation upon him when he got to Jericho was to make good people better, was to heal their diseases, to fix their problems. And there was absolutely no way in their minds that he was going to pass them by for a dirty, rotten tax collector. The stories about Jesus went before him and everybody in town knew about him. But what they missed was the heart of Jesus. What they missed was the heart of Jesus. Because the truth is, every person, no matter who they are, every person deserves to have a spot where they encounter the Savior of the world. And he changes everything for them, even the dirty, rotten tax collectors. Friends, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if this is your first or second time trying this whole Jesus thing out or, or you've been coming to church for years, but I'm telling you this morning, it doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what your life looks like right now at this moment. You deserve to have a spot where you encounter Jesus and he brings healing and forgiveness and salvation and restoration and hope and grace and mercy, love and joy and his presence into your life and he lives literally changes everything for you. Everyone deserves to have a spot where they encounter Jesus. And maybe right now, you're in need of a spot. 
you're in need of a place to encounter Jesus for the first time ever or for the first time in a long time. Well, this morning, I want you to consider this place. Consider this moment your sycamore tree because Jesus is here. Jesus has reached the spot. He sees you and he's calling you by name. And so here's what's crazy to me about this story. Not only had Jesus' reputation preceded him, but Zacchaeus' reputation also preceded him. Because when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up into the tree and he said, Zacchaeus. He called him by his name. He didn't say, hey, you up there. Jesus didn't look up in the tree and say, hey, little guy. No, when he got to the spot, he called him by his name. Friends, when you call someone by their name, it means that you know who they are. When you call someone by their name, it means that you've met them before. Because the first time you encounter someone, normally you reach out your hand and you say something to the effect of, Hi, I'm August. What's your name? Or if you're super awkward, you just say hi. And expect that they know your name. That's what I do. Or maybe if you meet somebody for the first time, it's a mutual friend who introduces you to each other. Because honestly, it's super weird when someone I've never actually met walks up to me and calls me by my name. And I don't know who they are. This happens to me all the time. And I don't know who they are. And they walk up to me and they're like, hi, August. And most of the time, I have no idea who they are. And then because of this story, I always have a moment in my head where I'm like, wait a minute. Are you Jesus? And this is my Zacchaeus moment. What's going on here right now? You know? Friends, Jesus knew his name. But even more than that, Jesus knew his story. Look at how this story finishes in Luke chapter 19, 9 through 10. Jesus said, on this day, on this day, salvation has come to Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to this home. Salvation has come to this family. Because the Son of Man, which is just Bible speak for Jesus, came to find and save those who are lost. Jesus knows his name. Jesus knows his story. Jesus knows that he's lost and needs to be found. And on that day, Jesus brought salvation and radical life change to Zacchaeus and his household. Man, that's exciting. Listen, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what's going on. But I want you to know something. Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows your story. And today, Jesus is bringing salvation to you and to your house if you would just let him in. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at a man who needed to be saved. He called him by name. He invited himself over. And in a moment, Zacchaeus' whole life was changed. Why? Because he responded to Jesus' invitation and he let him in. And how do we know that his life was changed? Look at what he says. Right now, Jesus, right now, drain half of my bank account and give it to the poor. 
And if there's any person I've cheated, I'll give them four times the amount that I took. Wow. Friends, this is not normal practice of tax collectors. This is not how they normally reacted when someone called them on the carpet for being a criminal. No, normally when someone said that Zach was taking more than what he should, he responded with, you're right. And because you mentioned it, now I'm going to take more. But friends, when a person who once was lost is now found by the only person who can save them, their normal practice changes. Zacchaeus' response to letting Jesus into his life is the response of a person who was saved by grace. Because the response of a person who is saved by the grace and love of Jesus is and always will be generosity and redemption. Give half of what's in my bank account to the poor. And with the other half, Jesus, I will do more than what is necessary to be redeemed and forgiven by my brothers and sisters. Imagine that. You see, what was necessary for him to be forgiven and redeemed by the people he cheated was to pay back what he took. That's all he had to do. For him to be redeemed and reconciled with the people that he had cheated, all he had to do was give back what he took. But he says, because of what Jesus did in his life, his response became, I'm going to do more than what is necessary because Jesus did far more than what was necessary for me. Therefore, I will do more than what is necessary for them. Friends, do you have a spot? Do you have a spot where you've encountered the grace and love and forgiveness and mercy of Jesus? Do you have a spot where Jesus has radically changed your life so much so that you do not act the way you used to and people notice it? Do you have a spot this morning? This morning, if you, if you need a a spot to encounter Jesus maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time. In just a few moments, I'm going to be done. In just a few moments, uh, I'm going to pray. And this can become a spot for you. This can become the spot where Jesus changes everything. This can become your sycamore fig tree. This can become the moment where Jesus changes everything for you. But before we get there, I need to talk to some of who uh, I'm going to call my people that are here in this room this morning. If you're a new believer in Jesus or you have yet to make that decision, these next few moments aren't for you. So what I'm asking is that you would just hold on and, and stay with me for just a couple of moments. But I need to make sure, and I will make sure, that you have a chance to respond to Jesus like Zacchaeus did before we leave. But I need to talk to my people. For a moment. So those of you that are in this room who are like me, maybe you grew up in church or you've been going to church for a long time. You know these Bible stories like the back of your hand. You are my people. And we need to have a conversation about this story. The thing that kills me about this story are the people who are in the crowd thing that kills me about this story are the people who are in the crowd because the only reason that we needed to know 
that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector is to let us know who was in the crowd. So who was it? Who was it that was in the crowd that day? The answer is good religious church people. The people that were in the crowd that day are my people. Me. Good religious church folk who were there to see one of their own kind. And friends, have you ever asked yourself why Zacchaeus needed to climb a tree? Have you ever honestly asked that question? Why did he have to climb a tree? Because honestly, the answer isn't that he was short. It's not because he was short. I know this because I've been to a parade before. We're not dumb people. We know and naturally we let short people stand in front of us. Why? Because we can see over them. We've taken group photos before. Small people in front, tall people in back. That's how this works. That's just a natural thing. The only reason he had to climb the tree that day is because the good church people in the crowd wouldn't get out of his way so that he could see Jesus as well. The only reason Zacchaeus had to climb the tree is because good religious church people like me wouldn't get out of his way so that he could see Jesus as well. Recognize that Zacchaeus wasn't going to keep anybody from seeing Jesus. Everybody could see over him. He wasn't going to keep anybody. He was going to block anybody's view. They could all see over him. But every person in the crowd that day, they were completely okay with not letting this particular kind of guy see Jesus. Friends, this story would be just as powerful and life-changing even if Zacchaeus didn't climb the tree. Because no matter what, Jesus would have stopped for him. He was lost and he needed to be found. So no matter where he was, Jesus was going to reach the spot and look at Zacchaeus and call him by name and bring salvation to his house. But look at all of the people that Jesus had to pass by just to get to the lost soul because they were were too stubborn to get out of the way. Look at all the good Christian people, all the good church people that Jesus walked right by because they were too stubborn to get out of the way for Zacchaeus. I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that the trees weren't full of short people that day. I'm willing to bet that Zacchaeus was the only person in a tree. And it's not because he was short. It's because he was, uh, what, what did the crowd call him? Oh, that's right. It's because he was a notorious sinner. They knew his story and they judged him accordingly. 
They thought to themselves, if anyone deserves to see the guy that all of these awesome stories are about, it's me. Because look at all the good things I've done. I deserve to see Jesus more than him. I deserve a miracle more than him. I mean, look at how he lives his life. He's a terrible person. He does terrible things. And I'm not moving for him. I bet even some of those people had good reasons to see Jesus. They needed a miracle probably. They were sick or someone at home was sick and they wanted Jesus to heal them. Rightfully so. He's notorious for healing people. But recognize something, friends. He beelined past the crowd and their problems to get to a spot where he could see Zacchaeus. I don't know about you, but I've always wondered why. There's no way that every person in that crowd was of perfect health and didn't need anything. So why did Jesus stop at Zacchaeus and no one else? Here's the answer. It's because no matter what is going on in life, salvation will always be the most important and healing miracle that can happen in a person's life. I'm going to say it again. No matter what's going on in life, salvation will always be the most important and healing miracle that can happen in a person's life. Hear me this morning, please. I am not saying that sickness and disease and every other calamity that we deal with is insignificant and not important and that Jesus doesn't care about it. That's not what I'm saying. That's just not true. And even Jesus healed their sick and dying. We see that all through the gospels. We see that in the story. But what I am saying and what Jesus is saying and what this story is telling us is the fact that salvation and the status of someone's soul will always be top priority on his list and he will always do whatever is necessary to get to them even if it means passing stubborn people by. Therefore, a person's salvation, no matter who they are, how terrible their past is, a person's salvation should always move us out of the way so that they can get to Jesus unhindered and obstacle-free. So my question for my people this morning is this. Who is it in your life that you're forcing to climb a tree just so they can catch a glimpse of Jesus because you won't get out of the way? Sorry I yelled at you there for a moment. But I love you guys so much. And I called you my people because this is just as true for me as I believe it is for you. I'm talking to myself loud this morning. This truth hits home hard for me today because I know that there are people in my life who I have forced to go find a different spot so that they can get to Jesus because I was too stubborn to get out of their way. I know that there are people that God was trying to use me to get to, but I dug my feet in and I crossed my arms and I said, no way, I know exactly who they are. I know exactly what they've done and there is no way I am moving for them. Friends, I believe, I believe that there are people in this room who need a spot to encounter Jesus. And there are also people in this room, me included, 
that need to get out of the way so that someone we know can encounter him obstacle free. And I'm going to be honest with you. This message has literally consumed my mind. It's consumed my life. And it's not because I need to stand up here and yell at my brothers and sisters. It's because my heart is broken. My heart is broken for every person that I've pushed up a tree when I should have just moved out of the way so that they could see Jesus with me. I love you guys so much. And I believe that Jesus is speaking hearts to hearts today. And so as we end this morning, could you do me a favor and just close your eyes right there where you're at? I ask you to do that because when your eyes are closed, your focus is now just on you and Jesus, not what's happening around you in this room. Because right now, this room doesn't matter. All that matters is what Jesus is doing in your heart right now at this moment. So now I'm talking to everybody. Those of you who for the first time needed a, a, a spot to encounter Jesus and those of you that need to move out of the way so that someone else can encounter Jesus the way you already have. I'm talking to everybody. I want you to know something. Jesus loves you right here and right now just as he finds you. And his love for you is too good and too strong to leave you stuck where you're at. His love for Zacchaeus didn't leave him lost in the tree, and it won't leave you lost either. I know some of you this morning have been thinking about Jesus and giving your life to him and doing this whole Christianity thing. And I know some of you out there have never had an encounter, Jesus, an encounter with Jesus that changed everything for you. And this right here is your moment, and this right here is your spot. And for those of you that are like me, be encouraged. Because his love is also too good to let you stay where you're at. And I know that there are some people here who need to move out of the way this morning so that someone else can have their moment with Jesus. So here's how I'm going to end. I'm, I'm just going to pray for you. And as I pray out loud, what I want you to do is I want you to start having a conversation with Jesus. Recognize that he's here this morning. He's at the spot and he's calling you by name. And all you have to do is respond to him. Maybe this is the first time you've ever tried talking to Jesus and that's okay. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't even have to talk out loud. But you do have to talk to him. Let him know what's going on in your life and accept his invitation and let him in this morning, just like Zacchaeus did. And friends, I promise he can and will ch change everything for you. Now it's a process, and it's a process that lasts a lifetime. But if you let him, he can start right now. And if you're here this morning and you're like me and you know that you've been pushing people up a tree and you know that you need to get out of the way, then as I pray, what I want you to do is I want you to tell Jesus the names of those people. Ask him for the opportunity to get out of their way. Friends, there's nothing greater than to be used by Jesus to welcome someone into the family. Everyone deserves a spot to encounter Jesus. The question is, are you willing to get out of the way so that they can? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this place. I pray for every heart in this place, God. I believe that you're speaking. Spirit, I believe that you're moving. 
And Lord, I ask that if there's anybody here who needs to have an encounter with you like Zacchaeus for the first time uh, uh, ever or for the first time in a long time, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts right now. I pray that you would begin to let them know that you are here, that you love them, that you forgive them, and that you've brought salvation to them, and all they have to do is let you in. God, I pray that you would touch hearts this morning. And Father, if there's anybody in this room like me, if there's anybody in this room like the people in the crowd that day who choose to not get out of the way, who have chosen to dig their feet in and cross their arms and judge people accordingly, God, I pray that you would begin to soften their hearts right now, that you would begin to show them the people that they're maybe unintentionally or even intentionally forcing up a tree God, you would give them opportunity. Give them opportunity to reconcile with them, to welcome them into the family and to move out of the way so that they can see Jesus together. God, I know exactly who it is in my life. For years, I've been forcing them up a tree. God, I believe that you're gonna use me you're going to use me to bring them into the family. And I pray the same thing over my brothers and sisters here this morning. God, I love you so much. I believe you have something to do. I believe that you are moving. And I believe that you're going to use this church family to have a strong impact here in central Wisconsin as they begin to welcome people into the family and move out of the way so that people can see you so that people can encounter you with them. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do, everything that you've done, and everything that you're going to do. Love you, Jesus. It's in your mighty and holy name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Thank you guys for letting me hang out with you this morning.